What's up, everyone? Todd File here from Double FM Sports, coming right back at you with another episode of Todd Town. Now, at the end of last episode, I had mentioned that this episode would be about Wayne Gretzky, and I'm going to hold myself to that. This episode is indeed going to be about Wayne Gretzky. But before we talk about the great one, let's unpack some serious hockey history. So back in 1971, a rival league to the NHL was formed, and it was called the World Hockey Association, or the WHA. And it only lasted about eight years. It folded at the end of the 1978-79 season, but four of the remaining six teams were folded into the NHL. You had the Edmonton Oilers, who Gretzky played for. You had the Winnipeg Jets, who became the Phoenix Coyotes, or excuse me, Arizona Coyotes now, Um, the Quebec Nordiques, who became the Colorado Avalanche, and the Hartford Whalers, who became the Carolina Hurricanes. Of course, that all happened like years later, but you had those four teams who first played in the NHL in the 79-80 season. Now, that presented some problems because the WHA had quite a few players that had existing NHL contracts. I think of guys like um, Gordie Howe, who was an NHL legend. And if I'm not mistaken, he still had a contract with the Detroit Red Wings. However, they didn't reclaim it and they allowed him to stay with the Hartford Whalers, who actually before were before they came into the NHL were the New England Whalers, but that's a whole separate topic. Anyway, so these NHL teams could reclaim their former players, um, but that made things interesting for players like Wayne Gretzky because prior to the 79-80 season, the NHL only allowed players who uh, were above the age of 20 to be drafted and play in the NHL. But Wayne Gretzky was a hockey phenom, and he did not start playing after 20. He had been playing for years. I believe uh, the Oilers signed him when he was like 17 or 18. So at the time of this, he would have been under 20. And for this draft, I believe they lowered the age requirement. So he should have just entered the NHL through the basic entry draft like any other rookie. However, he had already signed a services contract that was 10 years long with the Edmonton Oilers. And faced with the prospect of going to literally one of the worst NHL teams, he decided he wouldn't break his contract. And so the Oilers were able to negotiate with the NHL Um, And they allowed Gretzky to stay with the Oilers on the condition that the Oilers use one of their two uh, priority picks. Essentially, they could keep two skaters um, to themselves and they wouldn't go into the dispersal draft. Uh, Those guys were safety picks. They also did that with two goalies, um, but doesn't matter since Gretzky wasn't a goalie. So Gretz became one of those priority picks. He was safe, and as a penalty, the Oilers had to pick last in every single round of the draft. But they got to keep literally the greatest hockey player of all time. Um, 
However, this makes me wonder what would have happened if they had decided that picking last and using one of their priority picks was too great a price to pay with Wayne for Wayne Gretzky. Or if Wayne Gretzky had decided that, fine, he would abide by the NHL's rules and he would go to a different team. This is right up my alley. I mean, this is exactly what I've been doing for the past two episodes. So back in 1979, um, the Colorado Rockies were the worst team in the NHL, and they had the first draft pick in that um in that draft. And it was presumed that if Gretzky didn't stay with the Oilers, he would go to the Rockies. Now you're thinking to yourself, probably, oh, the Colorado Rockies, isn't that a baseball team? Well, yes, it is. But the Colorado Rockies were actually founded in 1974 as the Kansas City Scouts. They then moved to Colorado in 76, and you now know them as the New Jersey Devils. So, what would have happened if we don't get Wayne Gretzky, Oilers legend, but instead we get Wayne Gretzky, Devils legend? Well, that's what I wanted to find out. So, the Colorado Rockies, in real life, 1978-79, were 15, 53, and 12. Now, this was before the NHL started using overtime losses as that third number. They were still using ties. So 15 wins, 53 losses, 12 ties, and 42 points, which is not good at all. These guys were abysmal. And they weren't much better in 1979. They were 1948 and 13 with 51 points. I mean, these guys didn't break 60 points until 1986. That's just how bad they were. They were in New Jersey before they posted a season with over 60 points. However, I think that would be different if you took Wayne Gretzky instead of Rob Ramage, which is who they actually drafted since Gretzky wasn't the ta- on the table anymore. Now, Ramage was a defenseman. Gretzky was a center. Um, so obviously, Ramage wasn't going to put up the same kind of goals as Gretzky. But my question is, what if you literally just take Wayne Gretzky's scoring ability, just his sheer amount of goals, and add that to what the Rockies slash Devils already had? And what I determined is that in 1979 to 80, the first year post-WHA, Wayne Gretzky scored Well, if you had added Wayne Gretzky to the Rockies, they would have scored 44 more goals. Now, that's also accounting for the fact that they don't have Rob Ramage, who only posted eight goals, which would mean, if my math is correct, that Wayne Gretzky posted 52 goals in that 79-80 season. Now, you're probably saying, Todd, what the heck, man? You're not adjusting for the system, and I, I realize that, but at the same time, It's Wayne Gretzky we're talking about here. I mean, the man is literally like instant drink mix. You just dump him in any system and he's going to be insane. That is Wayne Gretzky. I mean, there's a reason why this guy at age 10 was playing in a U-20 league. So I, I didn't adjust for that. However, 
you cannot deny how much of a difference he would have been, even if the goal total was off by like five or 10. So then what I did is I went through the 7980 Rockies schedule and I totaled up their ties, their one score losses, and I even got to two score losses. And basically what I did is I started, I started with the ties and I said, okay, there were 13 ties by the Rockies in this year. If they had scored 13 more goals, they wouldn't have 13 ties, but they would have 13 wins in addition to the 19 they already had. So then I took those 13 wins out of the 44 additional goals. So that would take us down to uh, 31. So then I looked at one score losses. Now, one score losses, you would need two goals to turn that into a win. One to tie and one to win. So there were 13 one-score losses as well. So you multiply 13 by 26 or by two, excuse me, and you get 26. 26 and 13 is 39. That leaves you with five leftover goals. So then I move to two-score losses, which you need three goals to turn into wins. You see where I'm going here. However, five minus three leaves us with two. So you essentially have two leftover goals. But at the end of the day, the Rockies end up going 46, 34, and 0 instead of 1948 and 13. Now, back in 1979, the NHL was not divided into, you know, the Atlantic, the Pacific, the Central, and the Metropolitan Divisions. Instead, you had the Adams and the Norris in, um, I believe, the, the Prince of Wales uh, conference. And then you had the Patrick and the Smythe um, divisions in, I believe it was the, the Campbell conference, something like that started with a C anyway, um, that changed later on. But at this point, the, the Rockies were in the Smythe division in 1979 and 1980, and they were dead last in their division. But if they post a 46, 34 and O record, they now have 92 points. They're at the top of their division and they are the fifth overall seed in the NHL playoffs. So speaking of playoffs, let's talk playoffs here. So the playoffs were 16 teams for the first time in NHL history. They had been 12 previously, but then you add the four WHA teams, and now they bumped it up to 16. So the Flyers were the number one overall seed. Um, and seeds were just calculated by point total, regardless of what division you were in. However, I had to adjust for that because all of the ties and losses that were now converted to wins for the Rockies, someone had to be losing those. So I had to go through all of the ties and one score losses and two score losses that I counted and I had to see who was losing those games, and so I adjusted the point totals. For the most part, though, it was pretty much the same. I mean, there was a little jockeying of position, but there wasn't really anything huge. I mean, the Oilers were the 16 seed in real life, and they got kicked out. Um, but for the most part, it, it's just pretty normal. So anyway, you go to playoff seating. The one plays the 16, the two plays the 15, so on and so forth. So it would have been the Flyers and the Canucks as the one in 16, 
two and 15 would have been Sabres, Maple Leafs. Three and 14 is Bruins, Penguins. Four and 13 is Canadians and Whalers. Five and 12 is Rockies and Kings. Six and 11 are Islanders and Blues. Seven and 10 are North Stars and Flames. And eight and nine would have been Blackhawks and Rockies. Or excuse me, Rangers, Rangers. Um, So the Flyers beat the Canucks. The Sabres beat the Maple Leafs. The Penguins, in a stunning upset, beat the Bruins. The Canadians beat the Whalers. The Rockies lose in an upset to the Kings. Islanders beat the Blues. Flames beat the North Stars. um, And the Blackhawks beat the Rangers. Now, you're probably asking, well, how did you come up with who won? And I simply did this. I looked at the head-to-head results for the 1979-80 season, um, and I simply went with who held that year's tiebreak, really. Um, So the reason the Blackhawks beat the Rangers uh, would have been because the Blackhawks had beat the Rangers more in that season. Now, sometimes you get ties, and what I would do then is I would just randomly generate a number from 0 to 1, and if the number was above 0.5, the higher seeded team won. If it was below 0.5, the lower seeded team won. So I believe that's what happened with the Penguins and the Bruins. Needless to say, um, the Rockies got smoked by the Kings in real life, or at least lost um, to the Kings in real life. And it wasn't enough for that one, one score loss to flip it the other way. Um, So anyway, you get out of the preliminary rounds, you get to the quarterfinals. The Flyers beat the Penguins um, because you you have to reseed. The NHL is one of those tournaments where it does get reseeded. So the Flyers beat the Penguins, Sabres beat the Kings, Canadians beat the Flames, and Islanders beat the Blackhawks, which then means the Flyers play the Islanders and the Sabres play the Canadians. Flyers and Canadians meet in the final, and the Canadians actually beat the Flyers. Um, so, okay. You're probably thinking big deal. It's not like the Rockies won anything. Well, let's skip five years down the road to 1984, 85. That's essentially how I wanted to quote unquote, check in with the, uh, the Rockies just do, you know, every five years until 1989, 90. So this is 10 years into the future, um, at max, but we're only going five right now. So, by this point, the Rockies were still in Colorado. Or, excuse me, no, no. They were the New Jersey Devils now in 1984. And they were 22-48-10 with 54 points, which is still not good. They uh, had missed the playoffs. They were now part of the Patrick Division, um, which had now moved into the Prince of Wales Conference. It had swapped with the Norris. Anyway, um, they had missed the playoffs. and they were one point ahead of the Penguins in their division for last place. So, it, you can imagine what world of a difference Wayne Gretzky would have made in this system. Well, I'll tell you what world of a difference he would have made in this system. Because Wayne Gretzky, in 1984, scored 73 goals. Okay. <laughs> so... Now there's another 73 goals for the Devils to work with here. And so there were 10 ties. Okay, there go 10 goals. But now you go from 22, 48, and 10 to 32, 48, and 0. 
then there were nine one-score losses. Multiply that by two, that's 18 goals gone. But tack on another nine to the 32, and you get 41, 39, and 0. Then there were 13 two-score losses. Okay, multiply that by three. There's another 39 gone. But now you would be... Got to do some math here, people. Um, now you'd be 54, 26, and 0, I believe. And then one three-score loss. There's four goals gone. And now you are 55, 25, and 0, which would have been good for first in the division. The first overall seed in the playoffs had they used the old system, and I'll get to that in a second, and 110 points, which is huge. So let's talk playoffs now because I said it was different than 1979, and it is. So now it's not overall seeds. It's seeds by division. So the first seed in the Adams division, which was the Canadians in both the simulation and in real life, um, would have played the fourth seed in the Adams division, which was the Bruins in real life and in the simulation. Um, And so then, okay, the one and the four play. The winner of that plays the winner of the two and three. Then you get the winner from the Adams division that plays the winner of the Patrick division. And the winner of that plays the winner of the Norris and the Smith. So at the end of the day, the Devils win their first Stanley Cup after beating out um, let's see, they beat out the Sabre, or excuse me, the Islanders, then the Flyers, then the Canadians, and then the Oilers in the Stanley Cup final. All because of my man, Wayne Gretzky, the instant drink mix. Fast forward to 1989, the Devils in real life are pretty much the best that they have been. Um, Let's see here. Yeah, 37, 34, and 9. Good for 83 points, which is their highest total to this point. Um, However, Wayne Gretzky gives you another 40 goals, and by this point, he was with the LA Kings. But still, 40 goals is 40 goals, which allows you to tack on another 24 wins, which result from 9 ties, 14 one-score losses, and one two-score loss. So now, the Devils are not 37, 34, and 9. They are 61, 19, and 0, and they've put up 122 points. Just for perspective, the highest point total for a team in NHL history was put up by, I believe, the 78 Canadians, and that was 132 points. So the Devils right now are in like the upper echelon of scoring as far back as NHL history goes. So anyway, needless to say, they go from second place in the Patrick division to first place by a long shot. Um, And in the playoffs, they beat out the, the Islanders in the, in the first round. Then they beat the Capitals then they beat the winner of the the Adams division, the Sabres, and then they beat out the Flames, um, who by this point were not in Atlanta but in Calgary, for um, the Stanley Cup championship, or uh, for the Stanley Cup, really. 
So again, this affirms my point that Wayne Gretzky is literally instant drink mix because it does not matter if he is scoring like that. It does not matter where you put him. He is going to make your team worlds better than it actually was. Now, I will say, little disclaimer here about how I went about, you know, calculating losses turning to wins and ties turning to wins. These numbers are only the result of teams becoming the most efficient they can be. So the way that I doled out extra points, I did that as efficient as possible. But that also means that the the Devils and the Rockies were only winning by the amount that they had in the regular season. We don't know for sure if that would have actually happened or if instead like a 5-1 win had turned into a, say, like a 2-1 win and yielded more goals to play around with, or if, you know, likewise, a a 2-1 win had turned to a 5-1 win and wasted goals. I didn't operate like that. I operated as a 2-1 win is a 2-1 win and a 5-1 win is a 5-1 win. I just want to concentrate on the maximization of their goals. So if they played at maximum efficiency and only scored when they needed to win, they would add XYZ amount of goals. I mean, for 79, they would have added 44 goals and, uh, well, it would have been 27 extra wins, would have been 33 extra wins in 84, and it would have been uh, 24 extra wins in 89. But again, that's only if they are being efficient. But at the same time, it is undeniable the effect that Wayne Gretzky would have had on the Rockies. So I leave you to decide the verdict. I mean, Wayne Gretzky, greatest hockey player of all time. What does he do with the Colorado Rockies? I've provided evidence, but you know, your choice to believe it or not. Um, But I still hold to my instant, my instant drink mix idea that no matter where he goes, it could be the Cleveland Browns. I know that's not even a hockey team, but you know how bad the Browns have been historically. You add him to a team that's like that and instant stardom. So that is all I have for today. I hope you enjoyed this bit on Wayne Gretzky and the annals of hockey history. And until next time, I'm Todd File, and this has been Todd Town.